This is Two Jerks, One Vote, the JerkatoriumSongFight.org review podcast, and today we're reviewing the songs for the Is This Real Life fight with our special guest, Glennie. Hi, I'm Chumpy, and this is the Jerk. Hi. Now here's how this thing works. We've won some fights enough that we think we know our stuff. We'll listen to your submission, subjected to our praise and our derision. I know that sounds unfair. But you're not obliged to care Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight And yes, I'm talking to you Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight Deep down inside you know that it's true Most of these bands are gonna lose When the song fight is done And your band's won And by your band's won I don't mean your band's won With bands being a contraction of band has And one meaning the past tense of So, uh, what happened last song fight? Who won that one? Third Cat. There were 11 entries in that fight, and Third Cat won. I think he just barely edged out BSS. Yeah, that was the, the dream crusher. with, And Third Cat had the Mellotron in that one, right? Right. Everybody loved that, the Mellotron flute. Well, most it everybody. Good. It was good. It was a nice one, yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think they totally deserved to win. So, I was, I was really happy. I, I certainly voted for them. This time around, we have a special guest joining us. It's Glennie, and I got a list of the projects and bands that Glenn has been involved in, and it includes over 450 songs across more than 50 different bands, including multiple song fight winners Berkeley Social Scene and your eponymous band, the multiple song fight champion Glennie with three N's, also Worldly Self-Assurance, Zipline, Faster Jackalope, The Semolina Pilchards, Thank Glennie for the Frisbee, and The Older Brothers, all of them song fight champions. And you've also won individual Nurine challenges with Berkeley Social Scene and with Cave Dwellers. And you won Nurine 3 with Worldly Self-Assurance. And you've also made fantastic songs with Megalodon and with The Kraken Lives and etc. And regularly make it to the final round of Spin Tunes. You can see Glenn on YouTube. Just enter Berkeley Social Scene into the YouTube search field. And there's plenty more, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> I think but you just scratched the surface. Yeah, that's a lot. So welcome, Glenn. Thank you. Nice to be here. You're more than welcome. We've been wanting to get you on for a little while here. Is there anything that I missed out that I really should have mentioned in that intro? It's it's tough without my spreadsheet, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you got most of it. Yeah. Do you want to plug anything, though? Is there any website or anything that you want to direct people to? No, no, just song okay. fight. You know, All let's right. get more people into song fight. Yeah. I guess Narine's coming up. I, we need a lot of participants for uh, song fight, right? Okay. Do you know who you're going to be in Narine as? It's going to be Faster Jackalope, and uh, it's going to be the three of us and maybe a fourth member. Not confirmed yet on the fourth member. Oh, okay. Nice. you got to do another Blink-182 style song. I loved your (laughs) entry for They Know. Yeah, I I sent you the earlier versions of that. Did you ever listen to those? Yeah, I listened to all of them. Interesting progression, yeah? Yeah. I got a couple of questions for Glenn. Do do you have anything you want to uh, ask chumpy or should i just launch into mine 
I've got no other questions. Go for it. Uh, okay, well, Glenn, sometimes like Faster Jackalope or the Kraken Lives or Glenny is competing against, say, Berkeley Social Scene or Ken's Super Duper Band and stuff or Lunkhead. Who do you root for when something like that happens? Well, you know, you can vote for multiple acts, so... I will vote for all of those acts. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. You know, yeah. but there is a competitive element to song fight though. And typically, you know, more than one isn't going to win. Is uh, Do you find yourself more invested in one or another one of these songs or you're just kind of hoping for the best? It depends on the songs. Like there are sometimes I'm like, oh, my song is so great. I really wish this would win. And other times it's like, I can't compete with the BSS song, you know, I hope that one wins or, or, you know, like Paco Del Cinco do something amazing. I'm like, oh, we all suck compared to him. He should, he should win. We've yeah, certainly well, felt that way. Absolutely. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you tied with Berkeley social scene for a doom with the view. Oh yeah. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably, you know, best possible outcome, I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah indeed. Although okay. I like my song better than the Berkeley Social Scene. <laughs> <laughs> Did you participate in both songs? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. I mean, well. I'm in most of the Berkeley Social Scene songs, like, you know, 98% or something like that. But like this last one, I only played rhythm guitar. I didn't, didn't really write anything. I didn't even get to play the solo. So we'll get there. <laughs> right. Well, I had another question too, or maybe just a conversation I wanted to start. And I was thinking like, let, you know, let's talk about switching time signatures, which is your, your one signature. of your signatures, <laughs> I guess. You know, I've, I've always thought, and I've mentioned it on this podcast, that, you know, switching time signatures is best when it doesn't kind of interfere with the groove of the song. You know, I think about like Take Five by Brubeck or Living in the Past by Jethro Tull or Soul Love by David Bowie. Mm -hmm. And I think about how those, you know, they still have a definite groove and the changes in time signatures doesn't seem to interfere with uh, your experience of the song. And um, I think you're particularly good with that with your songs, too, but, you know, maybe not 100 percent. And I'm sure that you consider the changing time signatures a little bit more holistically. And I'm just I guess I guess. Yeah, I guess I'm just blabbering at this point but you know what makes you decide that you want to do something that creative and out there well i just love odd time signatures i like it when it's subtle and you don't notice it like uh that outcast song hey yeah you ever count that you know it's like in 11 but you'd never know it just listening to it so that goes to what you're saying yeah there are some times when it's like in your face like uh back in new york city by genesis you know it's just this hard seven and unrelenting and it's always there and i i love that too and i love all the math rock stuff you know like hella and king crimson and stuff so i enjoy both i don't i don't i don't think there's a rule so it's song dependent again you know okay i grew up listening to a lot of rush and that's kind of like why I, I tended towards the bass guitar but rush wasn't in that list that i gave because you know you can tell that something weird's going on and uh, uh i liked it but again i, I kind of prefer it when it doesn't really announce itself but, um, yeah, but like subdivisions a lot more subtle than, say, natural science for weird that, time signatures. That's true. That's definitely true. I just started trying to round out my prog rock education a little bit, and I've been listening to some old Genesis. I just got uh, Trick of the Tail. That's and, a good one, but oh. it doesn't have Peter Gabriel on yeah, it. Yeah, so. yeah, it's the <laughs> Phil Collins Genesis. I run hot and cold on Phil Collins, but that intro song is great, and it has a whole bunch of time signature changes, and it's really pretty engaging. 
Oh yeah, love that band. But uh, you need Foxtrot, you need Selling England by the Pound, Lamb Lies Down. All right, I'll go for some Peter Gabriel Genesis and see if I can educate myself a little better. I highly recommend it. <laughs> All right, should we launch into the reviews? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the title is, Is This Real Life? And there was an optional challenge for operatic vocals. But let's start off with our first song from Berkeley Social Scene. We spend so much time interactive Our physical experience redacted To a digital simulation A haptic feeling of salvation A fantasy internal vision thing I wanted to mention was I forget who loaned you guys the Rhodes piano that you have in your practice space but if you win this fight you got to credit them with that because that piano just sounds really great it's like warm and classy sounding and you hear it right off in the intro and I'm like oh god I need to get a Rhodes now you know that guy's name his name is Geech Sorensen oh that's Geech's okay (laughs) right so his his Rhodes has lived in our space for uh you know, a decade or whatever. And <laughs> he's one of Sam's friends. And, you know, he's our friends now too. But uh, I, I haven't really seen him much in the last decade, but he's been coming around a lot lately and it's it's great. He's like a, a nice flavor to the BSS of late. And he's a great musician, plays drums and keys and guitar and everything. And so it's good to have him around. Cool. Yeah, I was really impressed with his song uh, this time around, and we'll get into it when we get to him. But yeah, he's definitely a great addition. Is that Sam singing lead on this one? That is indeed Sam. Okay, yeah. I thought it was really good. And he's playing lead guitar also, right? He is not. That is Geech on lead guitar. Oh. Oh. (laughs) So there's another arm to this crazy octopus that is Berkeley social scene. So I, I didn't know that Geech was yeah so there's geech and there's ken and there's sam and there's glenn and yeah sorry it's a it's a lot to keep track of and sometimes martin although it sounds like he's been busy with work lately he's been busy with work lately i think he's in bucharest right now so (laughs) we won't hear martin in next couple of sessions but uh he'll be back cool well I thought this song was, uh, it was lovely. You know, it's not a barn burner, but it's not trying to be a barn burner. You know, that's uh, got really nice guitar tones set around that that beautiful Rhodes, and it builds really well. Uh, it ends really sweetly, and that restart is is kind of nice and unexpected and welcome. You know, it's like a, it's like a pleasant non-hit song near the end of a good album, if you know what I mean gotta call you out on the lack of operatic vocals though you know the (laughs) berkeley social scene is you're pros with nothing to lose so you should be just just going for every optional challenge and i'm kind of surprised when that doesn't happen 
Remember how it's saying those guys have taste? Well, they decide. <laughs> We're going to talk about that too. And I, I feel like the operatic vocals may have kind of sunk some songs in this fight. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so uh, one thing that I really noted about this song, and this is kind of like a songwriting nerd thing, is that you guys do really clever stuff with structure. And maybe it's not clever and it's just standard and I'm just starting to notice it. But you have this sort of one element at a time rule that starts in the verse. So like you start with the roads and then the voice comes in and then there's a left pan guitar and then some quiet drums and then the chorus hits. And well, I should back up and say that all of those items, like they get introduced one piece at a time and your ear gets used to things as they are before the new thing comes in. And then the chorus hits and things get bigger all at once, the drums get more energetic, the bass like slides in in this cool way, and there's this skank guitar sound in the right side, and the chorus pops a little bit because of that. I don't know, I just, I really like the way things get introduced and just some of the more workmanlike qualities I think this song has, the way that the structure gets built one element at a time, I think is really interesting. And I also like how in the last chorus, before the final choruses, you know, you strip down to just the roads and everything drops out. And uh, that's the same thing that Vom did so effectively last fight. And uh, I also snuck that into my song this time around. And uh, mm -hmm. I think it's really cool. But yeah, I was just impressed by the structure of the song. And I was, I had, I had a lot of fun analyzing it and figuring out uh, like what makes it sound the way it does. Well, I think most of that credit goes to Sam, right? Those are all like post-production decisions, right? He'll yeah cut out one guitar and then not introduce it until the appropriate time. A lot of those decisions you make when you're like writing an album after you've recorded the tracks, right? Right. They're like dynamics hacks. Yeah, exactly. I noticed but, that the solo came in really quick, like right after the first verse, which was a little bit weird. And that was the only like choice I kind of went, huh? Like why bring the solo in now? <laughs> I don't know. That chord pattern is so delicious to solo over. Like it was killing me that I didn't get to be the one to solo <laughs> over. But I have to tell you, our space is walking distance from Yoshi's Jazz Club. And the Saturday after that, I went to Yoshi's and we saw Brand X, me and a bunch of like, you know, fusion nerds. And uh, afterwards, I'm like, my studio's right over there. Let's go jam. And this uh, chord pattern was still on the whiteboard. So I'm like, hey, we can jam that and I can solo over this. And so we had like a, a 30 minute jam on that chord pattern. Oh, super cool. So you did finally get to solo over it. Yeah, but, you know, the song fight world doesn't hear it. So <laughs> I need to listen to that recording. I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet to see how good it was. <laughs> Let's see, Ryan, do you got any other notes on the song? Uh, no, I, I did my blathering. I thought it was I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. I nice, got one pleasant. more structural thing to say. So in the bridge, there's also this other cool contrasting thing. Like it had obviously, you know, the bridge has a different melody and chord progression than the rest of the song, but it also has a different rhythmic feel, which I noticed. Like, so the notes in the bridge are longer and more legato than the, mm -hmm. than the notes in the verses and the solo. So it's just another way to sort of set it apart, which I also really appreciated. Yeah, that was the intention. Cool. You know, I arrived, I forget if I was third or fourth, but Geech and, and Sam already had this chord pattern going. And so I had to learn it. And then, and then Martin showed up and he had to learn it on bass. And so we wrote the bridge all together, right? And I think I, did I have input on that? I 
Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't remember anymore. I think I might have contributed to the bridge. Sorry if that's not true, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the idea. You wanted it to stand out and sound different rhythmically. Yeah, yeah. As a band, we wanted it to sound out, sound different rhythmically and melodically. And I think there's a key change to it, too. Oh, cool. Didn't notice that. Very cool. Or mode, anyway, or something. Well, then let's move on to how do you is it C Humpy? Is that <laughs> is isn't it Shumpai? Shumpai. Shumpai. to say about that song this this guy is a fucking genius oh my god hack hack <laughs> since neither of us i'm sure can be impartial why don't, why don't you start uh, in on this one glenn okay but i i'm curious if chumpy is a kiss fan like there's a lot of like little kiss kind of moments in there like it's off the first kiss album is that i am a that... kiss fan i do enjoy some classic rock and i do love the sound of a humbucker played through a distorted amp yeah, there's a lot of those Chuck Berry kind of things that you do on there. You know what I'm talking about, where you're like hitting the six with your pinky. Yeah, while you're yeah, doing the like you're board. leaning on the sus four. Right, you're like uh, that kind of stuff. Yep, right? totally. Guilty yeah, as charged. Yeah. yeah, so that remind that took me to like the first Kiss album. I uh, I enjoyed that a lot, and uh, I I like this song a lot. I thought the vocals are fantastic. The chorus is very good. The bass tone is really good. What what, what was your bass tone for that? Uh, I think I used an emulated SVT. Cool. One weird thing, which I don't dislike, but I'm not sure I like, is in the bridge, you have uh, the drums switch to brushes. Like uh, my other friend, Sam, not Lunkhead, but another drummer friend, Sam, he would do that. He'd be ready, he'd have his brushes, and he'd switch to that. But uh, I, I don't think Ken likes switching sticks and rods and brushes like that. It was a strange choice. What was what was going on with that? Oh, yeah. So I just wanted it to sound different and quieter. And I guess I could have just had quiet drums playing, but I thought, I'm going to go really, really quiet. I'm going to have brushes. And Ryan and I often argue about brushes. He just thinks they sound like crap. So <laughs> Ryan wasn't involved okay. this time. So it's like, I'm having brushes this time, damn it. <laughs> okay. It's, it's not so much that they... Well... <sighs> It's your brushes that sound like crap. Okay? That, that may be true. It sounds like a hiss all the way through. That's that's the only problem I have with it. It sounds just just the like way that they're programmed. Or... It sounds like it's hissing. It sounds like you know it, because it is really, and it's sort of supposed to be. It's like you know the the snare is all 
all the way through. So, oh, that'll sound really good on the podcast. <laughs> all right, but. But yeah, I had a similar note too. I said that the drummer switching from brushes and then instantly back to sticks uh, was a little weird. But, you know, to be honest, I had to put my critic hat on pretty tight to notice that at all. But anyhow, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to, to digress from from your comments, Glenn. Yeah, my, my only other comments were there's no solo, which I think is wrong. I think all things need a solo. I, I used to live for the solos and pretty much any music I listened to. I have all these mixtapes from the 80s where I'd cut out the rest of the song and just listen to the solo. <laughs> but, uh, yep, Ryan usually does the solo. And uh, I had a couple really lame ones, and they were so bad. And I was like, just going to have to get rid of the solo because I think no solo is probably better than a lame solo. Although, that you know, that may have been the wrong decision. Yeah, well, I take some credit for not doing the solo just because I and I blame the bomb cyclone in Denver honestly <laughs> I mean I, I'm not kidding I was stuck in that thing so it it sort of made everything tougher in terms of my schedule so it, I wasn't able to do anything on this song even though I'd sort of planned on contributing a solo and maybe a couple other tracks it just didn't happen so yeah but it, actually it's probably good that I wasn't involved Chumpy tends to do more sort of soulful and earnest things. And I'm sure that I would have tried like hell to strip away all that <laughs> earnestness, put in as many dick jokes as I could. And just, and just any, any soul, just, you know, just take it out. <laughs> Why and replace do you need it with, that crap? Yeah, exactly. Get rid of that shit and replace it with some ska, you know, <laughs> get just, yeah. So no, anyhow, still, I can't be impartial. I, I really love this song. I think it's really good. I thought that switch to acoustic guitar was great. And it kind of caught me off guard, like in the best way. And I thought that was lovely. It's good that I didn't have my fingers in this song. You know, still there, there might be some phrasing issues in the lyrics. Maybe not, maybe. Uh, and maybe some problems at uh, two minutes and five and two minutes, 19, and the ending is a little abrupt, but that's yep. yeah. petty stuff that I am stretching for. Uh, I found it very enjoyable and I'm voting for it. And, um, oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, uh, no operatic vocals. So uh, <laughs> you suck, you cowardly, useless piece of garbage. You know what? If I was thinking I would have sampled some. Oh, somebody did that. Oh, uh, OG lawn darts did it during yeah. this. Yeah, but still, that would have been cheating. So you still suck, and you're garbage, <laughs> and I hate you. And, and, uh, disqualified. All right. Well, at that note, what do you say we move on to Geech Sorensen? Do you remember where you woke? Or how you got here? Do you feel that even without hope, it can suddenly appear? I enjoyed his use of octave vocals. Like instead of using harmony vocals to thicken lines or emphasis or whatever, he just sings an octave above. 
And I think that works really well because he's singing in his lower register for most of the song. So he's got enough headroom to leap up a whole octave and it sounds good. I think that was an interesting choice and I think it was cool the way he just punched up lines just by having an octave double. And uh, I'm gonna have to try that next song to see if I can make that happen because I, I think it sounds good. I think I'm gonna have to moderate my notes now that I know that Geech is associated with Glenn. But um, so I'll, let's see. What, are you going to be less of a dick now? It's <laughs> so hard. So I, I'm just going <laughs> to skip over the the four-letter words in this review. So, yeah. No, no. I, I thought this guy is a good, soulful singer, and he clearly put like a lot of thought into what to do with his vocal tracks. And, and I appreciate it whenever anybody puts some real thought into their vocal tracks. Uh, there's good touches and great harmonies and good layering in those vocals. But those vocals are not operatic, which is a shame. You know, the song borders a little bit on hippy-dippy. It's good, it's pleasant, and it's quality work, but it didn't really kind of hit me. You know, it didn't didn't really get to me. I like the vocals a lot. Uh, I like the buildup, but the song kind of came and went. I, I might vote for it. I'm not sure yet. I haven't decided. I definitely like the sound of his acoustic guitars. They were really well recorded and they were nicely stereoized. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Lunkhead and Geech are the ones recording this song. So there's a whole lot of Lunkhead in there as far as production goes. I don't don't know how much of the who played what because I wasn't in that session, but I, I know they were there like a Monday night. We usually do Tuesday nights, but they were there. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know who did what and what what Sam did. But uh, I like the song a lot. I think uh, Geech's vocals are fantastic. And I I love the space of the song. Like, it it really relaxes and lets things breathe. And I always have that problem. I I always put way too much stuff in. And it's hard for me to take stuff out and let, you know, just the beauty of the acoustic guitar ring. There's a lot of tasty sounds in this one. Well-recorded. I definitely noticed the space on the solo. So when he started out playing the solo, it was like all these sort of long slidey notes and it was pretty simple. And then as the solo went on, it picked up some speed and complexity. Yeah, some tasty lead playing there, at least some dynamic lead playing. And I love the way the lead plays throughout the end choruses. I thought that sounded really good. Yep. Good song. See, I think I had one other note. Uh, There's this rhythm guitar that is kind of faint in your like right ear or something. And it comes in on the off beats, like on the chorus. And I thought that was really cool. So there's some, there's some also just some great sound layering here that I noticed and really liked. And uh, I like this song. I'm kind of more partial to the hippy dippy sort of more emotional songs. And I like that. And so, uh, yeah, this is definitely a vote for me. Yeah. It gets my vote too. One well, of my votes. I, won't... <laughs> yeah. I won't be peer pressured. Jerks. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I, I might be. Again, it's like I, have, I haven't quite decided. I'm going to vote for a lot this time. I try and keep it down to half or less than half, but this time around, I'm not so sure. It's like, I, I don't think I can. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out at the end, I think. Yeah, there's yeah, so pretty, many great songs. Hey, do you think it's weird that there's a lot of like ska slash uh, reggae stuff in this, this fight? Well, it's OG Lawn Darts, of course. They've got their corner sort of carved out. But uh, I noticed some yeah. skank beats for sure, some sort of skank guitar in a couple different songs. Yeah, I, I wonder why that title evokes that, but uh, I don't know. Should we move on? Yeah, let's talk about Glenn's song. Nothing is as it appears. Everything is feeling weird. I 
spelled his name it's three n's <laughs> that is troubling no i'm sorry disqualified okay, <laughs> yeah okay do, do you want to start or do you want me to start uh chumpy uh let's see uh i can start right. and this this song really makes an impression right off the bat like that bass riff just sounds so good and the drums sound like really natural like you had a real drummer playing them and it was mic'd like eight ways to sunday which a lot of you know people in their home studios can't do. Uh, I'd be curious to like what drums you use because those sounded really good. And then the palm muted guitar comes in after the bass riff, and everything just sounds like so good. Like the first ten seconds of the song, and I am pumped. So uh, really great mood setting right off the top. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like to use drum loops as opposed to the fake drummers in Garage Band. So I'll buy packages of drum loops. And this, uh, this drummer is a Dutch guy, Hans Eikenar, and the loops are just amazing, right? So I, I like to use those and I'll write with those. And, but I, I know a lot of drummers, but they're not always at my beck and call, right? Right, so I'll right. Get my, I'll get my brother to, to play or I'll get Ken to play or my other friend Sam to play or sometimes another Paul. Just... Ken doesn't return any of my calls. <laughs> <laughs> When, like, do you approach Ken and say, okay, this is moving from 5-4 to 7-4, and then we're going to go into uh, open 4-4 four, four before going back to 7-4 and then to 3-4? Does, does he just say no, or, or does he is he game for that stuff? Ken is awesome. Like, that guy is just solid and serves the song, and, and you can't mess him up either. You'll throw odd signatures at him, and... He might need to practice for 45 seconds and they're like, oh yeah, I got it. And then he'll, he'll do it. You can't mess him up. He can, he wow. can handle it. So, so he's, he's, he's down for anything. Pretty much. Wow. Pretty much. Oh. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's, that's one thing I miss playing with the live drummer. Chumpy and I are a thousand miles away from each other. So everything that we do is directly into our computers. And I haven't played with a drummer for probably 30 years. Yeah. It's been like 30 years since I played with a live drummer and that's a, and that's a shame and that's something that I miss you get you get a real there's something about it and uh and it's a shame but anyhow yeah digression it's also another yeah. collaborator and it's nice to have just somebody else involved in the process indeed indeed but uh these these are drum loops from that guy uh Iconar. and uh I'll use uh, some Steve Gad drum loops a lot too like you remember the uh 50 ways to leave your lover. Yep. (laughs) Till the day I die. (laughs) That's that's actually Steve Gadd, right? I have Steve Gadd's drum loops. So, you know, I got the real guy for that. So (laughs) cool at cut rate prices. (laughs) Glenn and I now have something in common. We have both been compared to Muppets in our singing style. (laughs) So uh, somebody described on the boards, your uh, operatic vocal section is being like the Kermit the Frog voice. Yeah. Yeah. How, 
How insulting. I was going to say Pee Wee Herman. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's more like uh, Eddie uh, Redmayne, you know, from Les Mis, right? Bubble in the throat kind of. Oh yeah, I've heard that style before. Yeah, I it's it's just ridiculous. I I owe everybody an apology, but uh... <laughs> but you know I can tell you were going for it, so it's like okay, you were like operatic vocals, check, gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you'll be sorry. I mean, you asked for it, <laughs> make you pay for uh, suggesting yeah. that. There are few enough people with the guts to do the operatic vocals, so that's that's like an automatic vote, uh, as far as I'm concerned with this with this thing. It's you know I know. Optional challenge, optional is half of those words, but uh, but still, it seems like so few people take up this, not necessarily easy, but this sort of nothing to lose extra little bit that is suggested that, you know, it's it's great when people do that. Okay, anyhow, so uh, my comments were about this song, that there, there's a ton going on in this song, you know, with the percussion and the guitars and the vocals. Like there's that maraca or kabasa or Shakir or whatever it is at the very, very beginning and at the very end, and I don't think it appears anywhere else in that song. And I'm like, what a weird and effective <laughs> and neat choice. And then there's pl- a, a bunch of these like quick cameos by other percussion instruments throughout, like the castanets show up like once or something like that. And it's just... Right just wild to listen to and uh, i love the acoustic slide guitars mixed just right under the vocals in that you know they they kind of when they first appear in the song they're just kind of like underneath the vocals and it's it's such a wonderful effect and then at one point you're just playing guitar harmonics uh, which is just fabulous and it's like the song is a showcase of things that you don't hear all that often in music and it's just fantastic I thought uh, there was that interesting vocal tone choice, uh, <laughs> but it was effective in portraying, you know, different characters and different voices. I think this was the first in this list to attempt opteratic vocals, and I appreciate that. They're a bit in the background, but it doesn't matter. It's all good, and it's engaging. And uh, even though that Pee Wee Herman voice is a bit of a hard sell, I'm, I'm in. I, it I didn't it. screw up the song, though. Like... Ultimately, the song was still good enough on its own. In the 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 Kermit voice couldn't screw the song up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, counterpoint. Who's <laughs> 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 up? Uh, I think I think we've said our piece. So yeah. Do you have anything else you, you want to say about it? Yeah. Well, defend I, yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You know, you could always skip it, but. Uh, I thought it was funny. Like I was a bit sleep deprived. I'm doing that ridiculous voice and I was making myself laugh. And so <laughs> that was fine. But I had this concept also, I was going to record a lighter and it was supposed to be, you know, somebody smoking pot. And when he, they smoked pot, they were holding in the smoke and they, <laughs> they, they got that Kermit voice from holding in the smoke and singing operatic while they had smoke. And then I was going to have a big exhale and then, you know, my, my normal crappy vocals, you know, but, uh, I, I threw that against a couple of my friends. And they're like, I don't get it. That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, uh, I guess I won't do that. And, you know, if I had more time to marinate with the song, I probably would have redone the, the Kermit vocals to something else. But, uh, you know, ran out of time. So that's where it was when the due date was there. So that's what you yeah. get. That's one of the things about song fight is you never go back and revisit these songs because yeah. there's always another song on the horizon. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's more interesting to do another song than to go back and and tweak your old ones anyway. So you'll write a better song. It's 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 like, yeah. you know, learn your lesson from this and, you know. Yeah. 
but yeah, no, I, I thought that voice was, it was brave <laughs> and it was interesting <laughs> and it was something we haven't heard before. So it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't think that was a mistake at all. I don't think that was, uh, I don't think you should go back and re-record it even if it was an option. I think that, you know, doing, doing something different and new and interesting is always the way to go for this sort of stuff. Yeah, but I would like to get a real operatic singer to, uh, you know, I should call Cybronica and have her do the opera for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, since you know everybody, you probably know Cybronica too. Well, oh, yeah. You were, I, I love that video of you guys playing Right Again. And I was going to mention that on here too. If you go to YouTube and you type in a Berkeley social scene into the search field and go to, I think it's one of the first on the list of uploads. It's the cave dwellers with mandibles doing right again. And it's a great, great live video. Yeah, that was fun. That was just in, in January, I think. Or was that December? It was my, my trip to New York. I, I forget if it was, I think it's early January. But yeah. 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 Great performance. So yeah, so you definitely know her. <laughs> well, I, I, I just met her, right? But, oh, okay. Uh, she's good friends with, uh, with Lee also known as the truth, the other half of cave dwellers who I've known for, you know, 30 years. And, and we've done much music together over several decades. <laughs> cool. All right. So next up, we've got Hampshire Cake. Berkeley social scene, Chumpy, or Glenny songs, no more Geech Sorensen. So uh, now I can start being more honest and forthcoming with my comments. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Less blowing smoke up people's purses. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Hampshire Cape, uh, that tremolo guitar and organ combo is so perfect that I was wondering if maybe they were using a loop. But the guitar playing is imperfect, so I'm sure that they're not. And imperfect is not a criticism, by the way. It really brings some authenticity to it. But yeah, I just love that that combo. It just works so, so wonderfully in this song. The tone on that guitar and the playing is really, really nice. The song itself reminded me a lot of David Lindley and El Rayo X's you know, excellent album entitled Very Greasy. And uh, kind of even as I mention that now, I'm realizing that's probably too obscure a reference. But yeah, just basically, it's just a really good, solid song. Uh, it's nothing new or innovative, and the chorus is a little meh, but uh, it's a good song that we've all heard before a lot. But the emphasis there is on the good, and uh, yeah, I just I thought it was a really enjoyable song. But no operatic vocals, no operatic vocals, no operatic vocals, no operatic vocals. <laughs> yeah. But it's still good. I'm still voting for it. All right, Glenn, you want to go next? Sure. I agree. The band sounds fantastic. My problem with it was the vocal performance is uh, too mellow. You know, it lands somewhere in like a Jack Johnson, John Mayer kind of vibe for me. And 
I agree that the uh, lead guitar sounds great. You know, uh, it's obviously a single coil. I assume it's a Strat, but I'm not not sure about that. But uh, I think the playing's really great. One weird thing for me was the the chorus is 16 bars, and the first eight bars are great. You know, I'm really into it and I'm loving it. And then there's still room for more soloing, but it just kind of peters out, and you're just waiting for the song to get back instead of like lifting the solo even even higher and more intense. I agree that the uh, chorus is pretty weak and the vocals for the verse is okay, but uh, it I, I keep waiting for it to get more intense and go somewhere else. So he, he's got a good voice, but I, I don't think the performance is, is really that great. So hmm. about all I got. I mostly focused on the groove. That was my favorite part of the song. It just got that laid back vibe some great guitar playing and before i started song fight i couldn't tell you what a single coil pickup sounded like but now i can because i <laughs> just because i've you know just been involved in music production for a couple years now and uh I, I sort of prefer humbuckers but i tell you that single coil pickup sounds so good in this song and the guitar tones i think throughout this song are really really good and that's one thing that caught my ear i do have a complaint on the mix so I initially listened to all the songs like on crappy earbuds as I was going for a walk. You know, I just loaded them up onto my phone and the cross stick rim clicks on the snare drum that you hear on the verse are really loud, like perhaps louder than anything else. And I had to reach for the volume knob. Like, uh, I felt like I wanted to do it a couple times during the verse. So that, that's one, one complaint I have and that I would have changed is just to turn that down a notch and just that, that click, click 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 so it was a little much but overall uh, i really like the song i like sort of laid back tunes that just make you feel good and i definitely got a feel good vibe out of this song so i appreciate that okay all right so let's see who is next we have mandibles i saw queen in 83 and the tribute band in the 90s these days you can't draw a line between The first word I have in my, my notes for mandibles is theatrics. And uh, right away, like in the chorus, there's this line, the play is right, but the cast is wrong. And I think that's like right after that happens, the chorus kicks in. And I think that's fitting because this really sounds like it was lifted from musical theater. Like that line, like, sing like your life depends on it. <laughs> and I can see, like, the cast members on stage, like, all standing in a row and, you know, making these dramatic hand gestures while they're singing this line. And, you know, and they're reaching their arms out to the audience where they're going, sing. 
So I thought that was really cool. Like it really brought out that whole musical theater feeling for me, which I like. So yeah, did you pick up any of those dramatic elements? Did, did, did it make you feel like that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I thought, I just love this song. I thought this was, uh, okay, so if, if this were us jerks, we'd probably make some different mixing choices. And I think that Fred Schneider voice might detract a little, but I thought this song is just amazing. You know, the lyrics are charming, the melodies are just great, and all the performances, especially the vocal performances and the harmonies, et cetera, are fantastic. And the overall composition has the sort of ambition that we should hear more often from like every song fighter. You know, there are no stakes, so why not, you know, charge balls out into every challenge like this one does? I gotta, I gotta ask though. Do you know is that really a recording by them of that uh, the Queen of the Night aria, or did they steal a clip from somewhere? I do you had know? wondered that I, myself. I know the answer. I oh, talked. Oh, to, I talked to Lee. That is indeed Cybronica. That is that is Abigail. She holy is, crap! Holy crap! She can do coloratura, which is absolutely know, that's a soprano thing that not a lot of people can do. Yeah, I can't get her to do Pat Benatar, but she can do that. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> God. So, so yeah, they, they they get all ten votes. Then they get yeah. all the votes. All the votes. Not only did they did they attempt operatic, but they fucking killed it on that. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you guys, I saw Sam post the fight and, and post the optional challenge, and the first thing I did was text Lee. And I said, <laughs> "Hey man, this is your challenge. You know, you guys really got to do this." And he's like, "We're on it." And you know, he was telling me during the the writing time, "Oh, it's ridiculous, you know, but there's going to be a lot of diminished chords. You'll love it, Glenn. You know, lots of." <laughs> but, but yeah, they they went for it. You know, just like you said, they should. And uh, and yeah, I was blown away by by Sabronica's uh, vocals, but I knew she had them. Like I, I expected nothing less, but uh, it's still, still impressive to hear. Yeah. Like I didn't, I knew that I had heard that particular aria before, but I didn't know what it was. So, and I saw that in her lyrics, it was Q O T N uh, like coloratura. So and I go, Oh, that's queen of the night. So I Googled that. It was like, Oh yeah, it's Mozart. It's from the magic flute. I get it now. And, yeah. uh, I listened to some other performers doing it, and I was like, wow, this is this is really technical. Well, we used to listen to uh, Florence Foster Jenkins doing it, which which, which is sort of a joke performance. But <laughs> right, do you right. know, like way, way back in the 80s, we, oh, you know, we yeah, had recordings yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, but, but yeah, they recently, oh, anyhow, that's a digression. Go ahead. But yeah, uh, just amazing. I also did a bunch of research on opera, and I have some interesting opera stuff to share with you, but I'll do that later. All right, uh, the song is pretty good you know at the first like two minutes or whatever the story is kind of cute i don't really care about it i'm just like oh this is a fine song but then when it gets to the bridge and it gets to that aria it, it's awesome and it's awesome from there until the end and there are some mixing issues and you know lee was like hey do you want to remix it for us i'm like no i do not want to remix that <laughs> Just because it's a lot of lot of work, but it, like it, it probably deserves to be remixed and get everything sound better. And it'd be nice to get a real drummer on there. You know, that's uh, that's like Lee on the iPad doing the virtual drums. You know, in real time. You know, hitting hitting his iPad with his fingers. But uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's better than like sort of programming it in with MIDI, or it's more like you know human involved, I guess. But yeah, human human in the timing, but the. You know, the sound just doesn't quite sound as good as it should, right? Right. I don't know um, if they're pressure-sensitive iPads these days. <laughs> was, right. was 
this had that that thing with the double bass, right? The 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 uh, what do you kind call of, it? Kind of the Metallica one thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think those are some fast fingers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, one cool thing is uh, Ed was in town. He's he's the low voice in Mandibles, and he he lives in Connecticut. And there, these guys are in Pennsylvania, right? So. He happened to be in town for this fight, so they were, they were able to have a session with him. And and so you get to have that, those cool low vocals as well as Lee and Abigail. So. Very cool. Uh, I was talking to Brian about opera earlier, and he had mentioned that there's this kind of twisted thing that they used to do to, uh, to children's singers, you know, boy singers. They were called the castorati. And they would, mm. uh, if they had a particularly good boy soprano and they didn't want puberty to ruin him, they would castrate that kid. And what would happen is, is that their vocal cords wouldn't change and they'd be able to still sing high notes. But as they developed, you know, they'd get man-sized like lungs and chest and their limbs would grow a little bit longer and their rib cages would grow a little bit longer due to the weird thing about not having all of the... Just the weird thing that castration does to you, I guess, before you enter puberty. And they were able to historically sing higher and longer and more powerfully than just about any other singer. But at some point, the Catholic Church realized that was kind of a twisted thing to do to people who couldn't, like, really consent to it. But uh, So they, they outlawed the process eventually, but... They were like the rock stars of the, you know, of the early church singing and later opera singing. So... Wow. Creepy, cool so, story about opera. Yes. And so there was something that was too perverse for the Catholic Church? <laughs> Apparently so. Like, I guess in 1880 or something, they decided to stop doing that. Or maybe it was 1780. But if you maybe go, 1980. <laughs> if you Google that on YouTube, there's actually a primitive recording of one of the last of the Castorati singers. Scary. All right. Okay. So next up, we've got MC3PO. And I think we're going to have a conversation about instrumentals. I don't see how we can avoid it. All right. Who wants to Who wants to start? Well, I can start just to talk about what I liked about this song. I'm always keen when I notice dynamics. And like, there's this part that starts around 3 minutes and 36 seconds when you just everything gets stripped down besides the bass. And then little elements like hand claps get added in a little bit later, but it builds in volume until like a crescendo and it's just really effective and cool and it sounds good. I would call this kind of music psychedelic trance, I think is the genre that they're going for here. I like this kind of music. I listen to it in the background while I'm working a lot. And you know, it's, it's good to do when there's no lyrics and you don't want to blow your concentration at work. You're trying to think about something. You don't want like a rapper blabbing in your ear about something that you have to focus on. So that was cool. But I wish you know, you could have kept it an instrumental, and I think he could have kept it an instrumental, but still added some, you know, trippy samples or something to give it like a human voice. And I think he wanted to do that, but it just didn't work out for one reason or another. But I tell you, I would have sampled that kid uh, from the YouTube video, David After the Dentist. 
where you know that kid's going is this real life you know he's high from all the dentistry <laughs> drugs i would have put something like that in there just to just to give it some human element but yeah i like this song and i thought it was good for a psytrance song yeah but i mean that that david after dentist thing is is in your song right uh yeah yeah just well it's referenced the kid from yeah. the meme yeah yeah I thought this song was really interesting to listen to. You know, parts of it reminded me of Aphex Twin and parts of it reminded me of scrolling through different synthesizer presets to find a sound that I'm looking <laughs> for in any given song that we're composing. You know, but uh, I've said this kind of thing before and I'll say it again. I'm not voting for a song that doesn't include vocals. You know, the, the song could just as easily have been entitled My Favorite Monster or Silent Advance. You know, it's... It's perfectly fine for what it is. You know, there's nothing actually wrong with this song, but as an entry for this competition, you know, there's there's no way I'll vote for it over any competitor who actually sang something. I'm not going to say I don't like instrumentals, but I'm going to say, like, if you're going to compare it to other songs in a competition that you're rating songs against each other, then this doesn't meet what I would consider sort of a, a bare minimum uh, sort of a requirement. You know, there, there's nothing saying that this song is, is this real life. There's nothing that's matching it to the, the title that I can tell. So, yeah. You don't think the genre evokes kind of a, a matrix, uh, what is real, what's not real question? Again, I was hearing more Aphex Twin, which I guess you could also say, you know, like Window Liquor and stuff like that. They do stuff that is surreal. And sure, okay, yeah. But again, I just counter. So don't you hear uh, my favorite monster in this song? Because you could say the same sort of a thing. Uh, I, I suppose, but oh. yeah. It reminds me of Orbital more than any of those other oh, yeah. bands. But uh I like this song a lot. It reminds me of uh, Jazz from Hell, uh, which is the instrumental album from Zappa, right? And it's when he first got his Sinclavier toy. And so it's all electronic and programmed. And I think if a, a song is something that I want to listen to over and over again, then that's good. And it's better than songs, you know, with human vocals that I don't want to listen to over and over again. But I, I really like this composition. I like how it makes me feel and I like the the journey it takes me on and uh, I, I don't think you need a human noise there to make it a, a song I agree totally with that but in the context of a competition I'm, I'm always going to sort of justify my absence of, of a vote for the song I yeah, guess I, I was an uh, art major in, in college and uh, we had the same conversation about whether or not you need a human in the painting you need a human in the photograph for it to be as good as a landscape or, or something without it and i think they're a little more forgiving with uh paintings and, and photographs but uh for some reason some people like you ryan think you need a, a human voice in the a song to make it valid that's not exactly what i'm saying <laughs> I, I have mixed I, feelings honestly, about this. I, I listen to like like when i have to do anything that involves typing anything or when i'm working and things like that i listen exclusively to instrumentals mostly django reinhardt ah, but, good uh, choice. <laughs> yeah because it's, it's like it's upbeat and it's poppy and it doesn't have any any kind of words that are going to distract me from whatever i'm typing but or yeah, whatever Steve kind Reich of fills that void for me yeah it's you know yeah. it's also minimalistic and it's yeah, comforting that way. So, and I, I love that stuff. I love instrumentals, but just in the context of a competition like this, where it's all based upon a title, 
you know, then we're going to, it's, it's going to run up against them. And the other thing is like, yeah, I'm thinking like the hardest part of any song, the hardest part to do, the hardest sort of part to do well is the vocal performance. I mean, I, I think we, we, we've probably all been in that situation back in high school when we're putting bands together and we're like, okay, we got it. We got the best guitarists and we got a wonderful drummer and stuff like that. And then, and we think that's all that we need. And then we come up and realize, oh wait, there are no good singers <laughs> around. And that's the only thing that anybody ever pays attention to. So like, cause there's, if you can have the very, very best band in your high school and you can have YYZ down, you can have <laughs> La Via Strangiato down, you can have like all of these yes songs down, you know, and it's just like, nobody wants to listen to that crap. You need a vocalist. I, so, I went to high school with Lee though, and he's a oh, really good vocalist. <laughs> yeah, you were, he was spoiled. Yeah. I, I feel kind of two ways about this. Like, Part of the fun for me is to see what people do with the title. Like, I like the idea of listening to 10 songs with the same title and just kind of seeing what inspiration people take from the title. And you're a little bit robbed of that when it's just an instrumental. But what Lunkhead said last podcast sort of resonated with me, that we're just basically a bunch of folks sitting around listening to each other's music. And, you know, that's what's happening here, regardless if there's lyrics or they did something with the title or whatever. And, you know, we did just have that step aside incident where, you know, they submitted a song that they had obviously done like, you know, a year before, but I don't think that happens very often. And so I'm willing to give this a pass and I think I'm going to vote for it just because I like it. To me, it reminds me of this band Hallucinogen, which is what I sometimes listen to when I want to get pumped up and hear something sort of exciting while not listening to lyrics. So, yeah. Ryan, how do you feel about, like, all those uh, jazz standards that in, like, the early 60s they started putting vocals over? Like, you know, So What by Miles Davis uh -huh. should be an instrumental, but then there's this version where there's a guy singing over it, and he's like, So What? You're, you're <laughs> trying to ding me on uh, technicalities, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not stepping into that. Right. <laughs> that sounds like I, a travesty, I, though. <laughs> yeah, and there's a yeah. bunch of them like that. Star Wars. <laughs> da, 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 Star Wars. Wars. I got a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. Again, I'm not attacking instrumentals. I'm just saying that in the, uh, I'm just saying that uh, most of these bands are going to lose before this fight is done. And this band's <laughs> won. <laughs> you know, so and that's and that and it's because we are uh, voting for some and we're not voting for others. And, uh, you know, if you value any sort of a criteria uh, that sets this, this isn't a song competition. It's uh, is this real life song competition. Right. And for that, it's like for this again. I liked this song. I liked this instrumental, but there, there's no way I can vote for it when there are bands that took the challenge and that there are bands that took the optional challenge and exceeded it both. There, I don't think that there's anything about this song that says, is this real life more than it might say Silent Advance or more than it might say uh, any, any, any other title at all. Right. Okay, I, think I don't see how this could possibly be puppy dogs and ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't we, see we why need not. To stop. I think that, I think we're dithering people. 
Okay. Yeah, dithering alert. The same, same territory, yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's see. So why don't we talk about Micah Summersmith, who does have some lyrics? Is this real life? Is this a fantasy? A landslide of agony? Is normalcy a pipe dream? If Freddy wasn't ready in 75, then how the hell will we survive 2019? Comment in the White House, killers in the prayer house, bigots in the streets telling us if this is their house? Unanswered questions, unquestioned answers, oh, and $130,000 wire transfer. Then a voice with a noise and nearly knocked my pants off, saying, this is real life, son, just with the mask off. Presidents and porn stars are nothing new. Wanna be a war starter is nothing new. It's the sins of our forefathers, it's nothing new. Is this real life? This is real life. Islamophobia is nothing new. Crossing my ropes, yeah, it's nothing new. Don't say I never I enjoyed the just the density of the rhymes. I think there's a verse, it's not the first verse, maybe it's the last verse, that has two matching rhymes per line. So in four lines he rhymes, Hubble, Trouble, Bubble, Double, and Theremin, Peregrine, There Again, Seraquin. So I, I'm certainly impressed by that. Not only was it, you know, dense rhymes, but it also sort of fit in with that kind of hip-hop thing that people do when they do a call-out or a name-check of another artist, which is, you know, you hear a lot in hip-hop, like there's this Jurassic 5 line where Charlie Tuna raps, damn near, make your shit look soft like Pam Greer. So it reminded me of that, and there's, you know, hip-hop is replete with these sorts of things. So uh, I thought that was a really cool line and a really cool verse. I was definitely pleased with the dense rhyming and his hip-hop delivery, which I got to say is pretty good for a white guy. Again, it's difficult uh, to be objective about this just because we've worked so, so much with uh, Micah. And I've, I'm a fan of Micah's stuff. You know, on this podcast, we've given short shrift to political songs, but that's mostly because they didn't really bring anything to the table. You know, they were obvious. They were ham-handed. This song, I think, escapes all of that by being charming and energetic and by having some great, clever, surprising lyrics and turns of phrase. So, yeah, I, I, this might be a little hypocritical of me, you know, blasting uh, other political songs but giving this one an okay. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's some neat stuff in these rhymes. And also, this is just piano and drums, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, as for my criticisms, I think it's too short and it could have used another verse or better yet, maybe like a bridge to add some variety. Not that this song is lacking variation, but or like maybe a solo, you know, with all of that snare in the uh, drum line, he could have done a fife solo and kind of lean into that Americana angle. But yeah, I, I really like the onslaught of great rhymes and clever lyrics. Oh, but no operatic vocals. Come on, Micah. <laughs> Disqualified. Yeah. What do you think, Glenn? I got to tell you, I, uh, I have a big genre bias here. I, uh, I do not like it. The rap doesn't work for me. You know, it's nice to read. The rhymes are clever. And I, I did laugh out loud when I, when I saw seeing double like Tegan and Sarah Quinn. I thought that was a really great line. So... They're twins for people who don't know. Right, right. And I, I, I wrote a song about Sarah Quinn before, Canadian Girlfriends, about my uh, fantasy where Sarah Quinn is my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But uh, the, the drums get tedious for me. And, you know, he's just hammering on that same beat on that snare. And, but at the same time, the piano is really, really nicely played. 
And uh, when he gets to the chorus, I think it sounds great. Vocals sound great. The melody's great. I didn't really care for the lyrics overall, though. I mean, it's kind of, we didn't start the fire. It's just kind of observations about stuff. And it's like, is this real life? And I didn't really see the point to it. But uh, I don't know. The guy's super talented. And it's, it's a nice, weird song. So big points for being weird and not normal. But uh, I didn't, didn't really like the, the rap aspect of it. So that's what I thought. Okay. I thought he delivered some of the lines pretty well and there was some feeling. Like sometimes he can sound sort of comical and over the top when he raps. And I think in this time around that you could hear some anger, maybe some confusion or a little bit of disgust in his voice. And I thought that came off pretty well. But overall, there needs to be, I think, more musical elements and maybe more of a hook in this song. Like uh, something added to the chorus, like a horn sample or just something to add a little more flavor, I think would have helped because it does get a little, little samey, samey. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought a bridge would have helped, I think. Yeah. Something. A solo. Yeah. I don't know. I've already said that. But it, it clocked in under three, right? It was like 240 or something. Yeah. Right? I thought it was 140. Was it that short? Was I wrong about that? No, I think oh, you're yeah. right. It was, it was definitely shorter than usual. It was one something. Wow. It's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. And kind of spit out fast. That's 142. All right. I take everything back. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> we also bollocked him last time for running long. So, No, I thought, well, I don't know. I think that we both pretty much said that it was, we acknowledged that it was long, but that it was okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I so, think it yeah. was Sam who didn't, didn't like the length. I'm just going to blame Sam. Yeah, for him <laughs> not winning. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. Damn third cat, another one we liked a lot. So, oh well. <laughs> Next, alphabetically, we have OG Lawn Darts. Always flapping with a broken wing. You can't fly and you can't sing. Locked up in a cage, shackled with rage. Yes, I feel the pain, but not the same way. Same home, but different day. Do you guys know who, who this is? Like, I know it's Small Town Mike, but do you know who the other part of uh, OG Lawn Darts is? I'm going to guess THC. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar, but uh, this, is, this is some good stuff. I, I like this a lot. It's, you know, well within a defined genre, but I think the organ sounds great. And the chorus has a really super lift. That was the catchiest part to me was that, that little turnaround in the, in the keys for the, the chorus. The sax is a nice touch, although I think it's a little too low in the mix. I like the drum fills a lot. It's all its all really tasty. I was a, definitely a fan of the groove. Those guys really do know how to sort of create a reggae groove with all of the right elements. You know, you got the organ, you got the skank guitar. There's like echoey reverb that's used effectively and the horns. So it all, it all comes together. I guess my main complaint was I thought that the the sample that they lifted from Bohemian Rhapsody was just kind of shoehorned in there out of place. 
and it was mixed kind of low and it had a different tonality from the rest of the song so there was some clashy dissonance when it came on i mean it's a good idea but i just i don't think it really worked out i would have yanked it at the end and it, i think overall it's a net negative but the the song is really well done and these guys always bring it when they when they come to song fight like i really loved uh some of their their i think their last reggae song made it onto my playlist but yeah, this one was just a little bit of a miss to me. The lyrics were also kind of vague and I tried to grab onto it like there's there's some sort of relationship conflict happening in the second verse, but I'm really not sure what it's all about. And it left me kind of wondering like how this relates to the title and what the premise or theme of the song is. So maybe I just didn't try hard enough, but it, and there, there were no lyrics, but I think I can make out most everything and it was just all kind of squishy. But uh, it certainly sounded good, and I'll, and I'll give these guys credit for, for doing reggae well. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you about that, uh, that sample. I didn't realize it was that sample, but it, it did feel really out of place. I don't think it should have been there. Yeah, I, I think that last reggae song that made it onto your playlist of theirs was Walk Steady. Yeah. And uh, I thought this started out sounding a lot like Walk Steady, except this one has you know brass. And it has a lot more reverb uh, than Walk Steady. But uh, yeah, it's a good song. I can't help but, uh, you know, like pretty much everything a small town Mike has any involvement in. You know, his, his vocal style is so good and his lyrical delivery is so great. But having said that, I think the chorus doesn't really match the verses very well. Like it's like the verses make sense with that reggae style. But then the chords and the beats of the chorus are like a rock song still stuck in that reggae style. You know, so it, it seems like they have the verses, which really fit reggae, and then they, the chorus would probably fit a rock song better, but instead they're just kind of crunched together, and they had to stick with the reggae style with the chorus just to, to remain consistent. At least that, that's kind of the impression that I got. Again, I thought it was a good song, but uh, I liked Walk Steady better, and the only operatic vocals were that clip from Bohemian Rhapsody, and that's, you know... I guess better than a lot of songs did in terms of <laughs> coming to the uh, optional challenge, but that's uh, that's not saying a lot. Yep. So, yeah. Keyboard is optional. Yeah, but still. Yeah. I mean, if if we're if we're trying to decide what to vote for and what not to vote for and how to compare songs against each other to claim that one earns a vote and one doesn't, then uh, then why not consider the optional challenge? Yeah, it's a good differentiator. Yeah. So next on our list, we have Paco Del Stinko. This is the real life. 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 The first word of my review is dark. Unrelentingly dark, this song. Like, it never lets up the whole time, this hopelessness, anxiety, and fear. And this is what the song makes me feel like, a little anxious. And uh, there's not there's not much uplifting happening here. 
and I think that's kind of cool. It's a little bit brave. Like, you don't need to put a happy face on this song, it's just a little bit bleak. I also liked how the guitars, two guitars are involved in the solo, and it sounds like they're wailing or moaning right when the guitar solo comes in. It sounds cool. It reminds me of like a ween guitar solo a little bit. I thought it was a little plodding, and that, that overdriven guitar is so fuzzy, which is which is fine. It's good. It's just just such a such a choice, I guess. I guess the vocals could be considered operatic. You know, the the lyrics kind of start out a little Hotel California themed, and then later it's pretty clear that they're from the point of view of someone who's incarcerated. But other than that reveal, the song doesn't really kind of go anywhere. Uh, and that that's fine enough. It, it doesn't matter. It's it's good. It's just kind of hard for me to get excited about the song. Yeah, I think it's just supposed to evoke a feeling. Like I don't yeah. think it necessarily needs to go anywhere. Yeah. And it's kind of cool that he, if he were a painter, he painted something sort of ugly intentionally. And I think this may have something to do with where he works, which I think is at an institution. So. Oh. Yeah, I guess he wrote another song, kind of based in an institution, somewhat yeah. recently. So that would make sense. What, what did you think, Glenn? Uh, I, I loved it. But uh, Charlie is a, a friend of mine. I met him through Songfight. So I just thought his music was amazing. So I, I used to have this job where I would fly all over North America. And whenever I went to Boston, I would drive up to New Hampshire and, you know, meet Paco Del Cinco. And oh, we cool. would uh, jam. And we, we have this project on Songfight called the Odoriferous Valley. And I think there's like three songs and, and one video for his last few days, if you want to try to find that on YouTube. Um, and you can see me and Paco in his you know studio <laughs> uh, recording and playing and stuff and uh, but um, uh, as far as this song goes I just I just think it's awesome I love all of his weird voices I love his guitar playing I love his drumming I love 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 the fretless bass and he's just he's just a monster musician and, and really really fun to listen to and I like that this is dark and weird and not normal and uh, yeah it makes the makes the fight much richer and it's amazing that he plays all of the instruments. Like he's like Glenn Case in that regard. He can play just about everything. Yeah, yeah, he he sure can. I've been there. I have evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know yeah. anything about his work life? I do. We have we have a strange connection that way because I I have a mentally ill father and he uh, takes care of the mentally ill, and so <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have the mentally ill conversation. But uh, yeah, yeah, he does. He does work at a institution. Interesting. Yeah. Like the protagonist was certainly disturbed. Like someone is wearing my shirt, open the vein, cigarette butts in the shower drain. I was like, whoa, this is heavy. Yeah. yeah. Cool guy. Super talented. Yeah. We're, we're pretty shameless fans of his. I'm, I, again, I wasn't crazy about this song compared to some of the other stuff in his portfolio, but now I'm absolutely happy to, to learn that I can go and uh, stalk him on YouTube for Odoriferous <laughs> Value. I, I will absolutely check that out. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had days where I've subjected the people at work to, you know, 150 Paco songs. <laughs> like, <I'll, laughs> like you'll just, just listen to all of them back to back. I'll listen to them all. Just put, put you know, Select, select him and to them all. And I've enjoyed it. I've done that with like Melvin and Furry Pedro and just a select few where it's like, I like everything they've ever done. And and so when he releases a new song on, on Songfight, it's kind of just like another album track to me. You know, it's like, this isn't always going to be the hit single. It's going to be a deeper track or something. Mm -hmm. and, right. Cool. And so, yeah. yeah, he's definitely an amazing guitar player too. 
and uh, like he mics a cabinet. You can tell it's like he's got real guitars, real amps. Yeah, and he's such a sweet guy too. When my guitar got stolen, he's like, "You know that guitar I played? I'll, I'll give it to you, man." And I'm like, "No, it's okay. I'll get my own guitar." But <laughs> oh no, your your red three thirty five is is gone. Yeah, a few years ago. If you look at the cover art for uh, Red Thief, that was all about my guitar being stolen, right? And uh, yeah, it was uh, my truck was broken into and they grabbed my guitar, but I had insurance, so I got to go guitar shopping after that. But um, yeah, not quite the same. Not quite the same. All right, so next up alphabetically, we've got Pig Farmer Jr. I've got a pocket full of change again, gonna give it away. Just another cup of coffee or two Not the difference in hunger And something to eat I don't know what the difference is When I don't give a damn Don't give a damn All the times I try to help I guess I don't understand Is this real life? And right off the top, I'd like to give Pig Farmer congratulations for being in Songfight for 10 years. That is dedication. Or as Glenn would say, a newbie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's funny about that is uh, there were like five years where I knew about Songfight, but I didn't participate. It was just my friend Ken's thing, you know, and I didn't I didn't really care about it. I was all about like jamming with live musicians and recording live stuff and not i didn't want to write a song you know premeditated songs were lame i thought you know (laughs) it's all about (laughs) improvising but then i came around and i really enjoy it nice so what did you think of this one ryan i'll let you go first i thought uh that intro lick sounds familiar like uh, maybe he's used something similar in other songs but uh as for the the lyrics too though Humble Bragg Jr. Oops, oops. I mean, Pig Farmer Jr. Uh, presents a couple of kind of self-congratulatory scenarios, and then the chorus is, "Hey man, who cares? It's just what I do. I don't give a damn." And like, okay, that that's fine. But there seems to be this weird kind of false self-righteous assumption that helping people out is particularly rare in the lyrical content. Like, I, I think. All the percussion in this song is the narrator just patting himself on the back, and I get tired of it pretty quick. <laughs> I have I have the words moralistic and cliched in, in my notes, so I, I yeah, a bit bit preachy, a bit self congratulatory, um, and that line about you know being the change that you want to see in the world. Uh, that's did that come off a Hallmark card? I mean, that's just it's just a bad cliche. I mean, it's not a bad. It's, it's not, not a bad, bad sentiment. sentiment. No, it's just it's just sort of in the in the context of this song where it's a little again self congratulatory. It's kind of yeah. like uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, Vom on the boards uh, noted that the that guitar riff comes from they know. It's just a little bit faster in this version, and the poetry in the streets fight had the same sort of good deeds, like the little good deeds in the exact same order. So there's a little bit of a rehash happening here, and. It's, it's hard not to do sometimes like it's, you know, you subconsciously, you, you know, you hear stuff, you're influenced by stuff and it shows up in your work. Like I had a line in uh, in this fight, actually, that I realized that I had lifted the vocal melody from my my entry for Sacred Coward. And I'm like, well, if you can't rip yourself off, who can you rip off? But I ended up changing it. I think that's a Cat Stevens quote, actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, you know, after 10 years of song fight, it's maybe a little bit hard to come up with fresh material every time. So, yeah, we, we constantly do that in Berkeley social scene where like, hey, that's the same melody from seven years ago. We're like, oh, crap. Or is this the you know same chord pattern from nine years ago? But it happens. What did you think about this song, Glenn? Did you have any uh, any notes you wanted to share? Well, I'm on the same page as you guys. Like, I mean, the good stuff is I, I think the band sounds pretty good. It's nice to hear drums and bass and guitar sounding like a band and his vocals are good. Although he, he really harps on that, uh, that bending down affectation on the end of a line. You know, it's kind of a, a rock thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think like so. On, he like scoops like down a, at the end. Yeah. Like else and help and, but, um, and I like the riff. I didn't realize it was a similar riff to another one he's done. But I mean, you know, it's standard rock kind of stuff. But yeah, man, those lyrics are so cringy. It, it reminds me of, did you ever see any of those like uh, Mormons commercials? You know, like I, oh, yeah. I, I told the truth, you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, it feels like a religion trying to tell me to be a good person, you know, <laughs> In the context of a rock song. Yeah, I think it actually worked out better in Poetry in the Streets, but the second time around, not so much. I agree. Yeah, Lyrics killed it for me. All right, so after we trash that song, we can trash Shane Lizard. Is this real life? It's getting hard to tell. Have you guys seen this uh, animated show on Netflix called Big Mouth? Yes. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard good things about it. But oh, it's, it's it. hilarious. So funny. You're going to love it the most with all the dick jokes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. It's nonstop dick jokes, Ryan. You're going to love it. But uh, Sold. You've sold. There's this one character on the show called the Shame Lizard. And there's another character on the show who's totally naive and has no shame. And the shame lizard has no effect on him. And he calls him Shane Lizard and he befriends him. And I think that's where this comes from. Cool. Oh my God. So uh, did anyone write Johnny Marr in their notes? Like that's where I, that's what I thought when I heard that guitar part, like right away. It's sort of like clean, but it's also processed and it's playing like a really pretty chord progression. That's what I thought of. I go, oh wow, this is like a Smith song. No, I didn't get that. The um, the lead singer sounds familiar to me. Does anybody know who this is? I I don't know who it is. Okay, is the, it the, the singer from Squirrels in the Attic? Oh, is it? I don't know. That's what it reminded oh. me of. Okay, I yeah, I couldn't quite remember. I was thinking maybe um, who won uh, Sing of the Times. I, I was thinking maybe it was them, but then I went back and listened to them back to back, and maybe not. So, but it just sounds like a, a vocal tone that we've heard before here in Song Fight, and I just can't remember who it is. Yeah, it did remind me of Squirrels in the Attic, but, you know, it's hard to say. Everything reminds me of something. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice the guitar part? I thought, I thought it was really cool. It was probably my favorite part of the song. 
that and it the fact. Go ahead. It didn't stand out to me. What about you, Glenn? Yeah, it didn't didn't stand out to me. I like I, I think the record the whole recording quality was, you know, pretty poor. But uh, I I wonder how how many songs this guy's recorded because this this doesn't sound like a, a seasoned veteran of recording. And yeah, yeah. It's like the the fade out is like 25 seconds long, but then the volume pops up a little five seconds into the fade out. It's it was a little sloppy. Oh you know, right, yeah, that. yeah. That annoyed me too. And the beginnings cut off. Like it, I kept rewinding. Oh, I didn't start at the beginning. Oh, I didn't start at the beginning. But it it, you know, it cuts in. It doesn't. You don't get to hear the attack of the beginning. Right. Yeah. So that was annoying. And uh, I I I don't know. I thought the chorus was pretty weak and. It's one of those songs where the lyrics are telegraphed. It's like, you know, you hear the first line set up and you're like, oh, I know what the rhyme is for this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's in my notes, too. It's just simple, simple rhymes. And uh, and not much consideration of the of the meter or stressed syllables in, or anything. It's it's really kind of unsophisticated writing in a not so great way. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice I, there's like a faint synth in the background? It's like, and it's kind of almost like a buzzing sound. Right, right. I did notice that. Yeah, I thought it was subtle and it like kind of worked well. I'm not sure if that was just an artifact of being mixed badly, but I thought it was interesting. The mixing is is not so great and uh, the drums are pushed pretty far to the back and, you know, things sort of sound a little bit flat and it's just kind of dull and muddy. But I, th- I think it has promise, like, and I think... I think future stuff from Shane Lizard might be quite interesting. I I, I definitely like the guitar part, and uh, it, like it, my ears perked up right away when I heard that. So we'll see. I th- I think there's room for improvement, and maybe we'll hear something good next time. Yeah, I think it could have used a lot of work. Yeah, and no operatic vocals. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call it out whenever I fail <laughs> to hear it. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, third cat. This glimpse of- That uh, that good digital delay use on that guitar track, I thought it was just really uh, a kind of a nice choice. The uh, mood change between the verses and chorus is good, and then uh, the bridge is very very interesting. So I, I thought the song was really great. Uh, it's a good lead vocal melody and uh, wonderful work. And you know what I'm going to say next? No operatic vocals. You got it. You stole it from me. Yeah, <laughs> I was absolutely going to say that next. So, yeah. uh, I, I certainly noticed the bridge, and uh, you know how I love when things build. So it starts with him sing, singing the uh, the line in the center channel, and then one harmony part joins on the right channel in the next line, and then finally there's a harmony part on the uh, left channel. For the third line, which, you know, then it's full three-part harmony. And then the final, like, line, uh, the final word in the bridge, I think, is wave. 
and which also sort of ripples out in this delay sort of effect, which uh, is super cool. It's like, oh, it's a wave and it's on the word wave. I don't know, I'm impressed by that sort of thing. Uh, there's all sorts of really cool effects in this stuff like backward swells and just expert use of delay and reverb timed perfectly with the music. I mean, I know that you can set your delay settings so it, you know, it matches the tempo of the song, but still, it, it never really works out for me that well. It certainly never works out this well. I like also how he delays the final rhyme of the word away, which is cool. I'm just like waiting for it. Like, where is it? Oh, it's a little bit delayed. And uh, on the when he goes into the bridge, the word away is actually just cut. It never comes. So mm. I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah, I, I like this a lot. This guy. Now, do you do you think Third Cat is a, a him or a they? I think you, it's you a him. Refer to him as, I, I think it's a him too, but Ryan, don't you always say they? When you I say? kind of default to they just, you know, just because I don't know. And I kind of can think about people as bands. So, yeah, I, I almost always call, you know, them they. Like, you know, you are often they, for example. Uh hmm. Right, because like cave dwellers and megalodon is it, that's more than just one, right? I mean, you're collaborating most of right. the time. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so you even... want to give credit where credit is due for everybody who participated. But I think with third cat, it's just just third cat. I don't think yeah. there are any more cats in the cradle. I I don't know the answer, but I it seems like it's one guy to me, but I don't know. We should find out. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've had this question before, and I think he said on the boards, "It's just little old me." Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like this song a lot. Uh, the I don't know that I would have chosen the electronic drums. Like, I, I kind of really want to hear an acoustic kit there. And I, I think it, an acoustic kit would sound better with everything else going on. But the electronic drums work, right? Yeah. I really liked, as you did, the the end of the chorus where the, the rhythm section cuts out and it the dynamics go down and then it builds up again. That was, it was pretty beautiful. The one build up though, I thought the first time I heard it, it was building up to a drop and we were going to get this like big electronic drop moment, like in like deepest blue by churches or, or something like that. And it didn't happen. And it just, my imagination made me disappointed <laughs> with, uh, with what was actually there. Was but, there going to be some, is that like a dubstep thing? Was there going to be like some wub, 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 wub? Yeah. And it yeah. was just going to like groove on this, like, you know, house thing and you could dance to it for, you know, several measures, but, uh, <laughs> but we can always redo that later. Ah, yeah. and we can add <laughs> operatic vocals to all of these songs. That's right. We'll, we'll have the EDM mix of the third cat song. And we'll just, <laughs> yeah. Well, the house and the, uh, I'll PM Cybronica right now. She's got a lot of work to do for this next one. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I'm going to do dubstep third cat. I'll do that. I'll work on that. My favorite part was the the bridge, though, the stuck in a loop bit where he's repeating stuck in a loop. and Yeah. Um, it's was, it was just really cool. Really original, really cool song. Dug it. Next, we've got Tim Hinkle. I swear I've walked this path before Days still ahead recede behind me I'm forced to play out this encore Missteps retraced forevermore Along this circuit fortune binds me Is this real life? Night's darkness with the sky 
skies A thousand pairs of watching eyes Observing me Repeated strife Though I am beaten and abused At least somebody is amused By what they see Tonight I'll step orchestration he's got what an acoustic guitar and i think it's a mandolin and i i couldn't decide whether the cello was real or fake i think the cello's fake but it sounds like real mandolin and real acoustic guitars and there might be, even be two mandolins at least there's two uh, channels like one's in the center and one's on the right but his vocals are are pretty awesome yeah um, they are nice nice and deep and it's good to hear and this is a nice ren fair kind of a song uh the timing was was really loose on it like i i really doubt there was a, a click track so if the cello's fake how did they do that without a click track <laughs> <laughs> let's see uh it's it's not much of a chorus i didn't think uh but it's still a good composition you know good good verse it, it feels like it is part of a musical or maybe an opera or something and pushing a story forward you know lamenting i didn't see the lyrics posted anywhere, and uh, yeah, good song. I think the the lyrics are posted. It's just under not Tim Hinkle. It's under uh, Neutron Flow, oh. so it's kind of hidden there. Okay. But uh, but yeah, but also I mean it's it's not like it was hard to to make out what the lyrics were. Either. Yeah, you know, he's so. got a nice clear voice that he doesn't hide under a lot of effects, and he doesn't uh, you know. So it's okay. it's good. Yeah. I'm looking at the lyrics now. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely got an operatic sort of style, so that's good. And, you know, a really yeah. deep bass voice. And I think his, his vocals sound great. Uh, I think that was a mandolin. I was wondering if that was a mandolin or like a Spanish guitar, but I think I decided it was a mandolin. And a good dramatic tremolo picking. Like, it works well with the dramatic operatic singing. So I thought that was pretty impressive, too. And also good lyrics, like the lyrics match the drama of the singing. So like in my mind's eye, I saw like an older dramatic actor who is like, you know, being passed over for a role in favor of a younger, you know, prettier actor. And this is his lament that he's singing about all these terrible things about how he's old and washed up now. Anyway, that was my fantasy as I was listening to this. Yeah, yeah I, I also considered it operatic. You know, it's almost kind of comically theatrical the strings are mixed down well enough that they don't advertise their fakeness i'm assuming that they're fake strings uh which i, I think is pretty safe that's a good thing too that that they're mixed just so well that it wasn't absolutely clear to us whether they were fake strings or not it's just a great great vocal performance the mandolins were a little sloppy but i think that brings the authenticity to it awesome lyrics the lyrics have that a b a a b but uh, all of the Bs are sort of double Bs because it's like they do the two syllables and they rhyme both syllables. It's all just really, really good. Really great, great, careful writing. The, the lyrics are put together really well and they're really evocative. It's just a, just a great, great song. I liked it a lot. Big fan. Yeah. Cool. I remember the first time that we uh, reviewed a Tim Hinkle song and we were also very, very impressed. And then the second one, not so much, but this is, uh, this is a real success in, in my estimation. Yeah. You know, I think what we complained about in previous Tim Hinkle songs is he'd go for some really low notes and just not quite get there, but everything in this song was well within his range and it was impressive. Yeah. Great delivery. 
Okay. So this brings us to our last song alph alphabetically, and it is Vowel Sounds. Before I met you, the world was a winter's day. Through the window of my loneliness, I watched the snow follow white and gray. I don't want to jinx it, but Vowel Sounds has won five in a row, uh, five of their five songs. So they have a 100% win ratio. So, you know, there's no stakes or anything, but... I loved this song, but I, I loved a lot of songs in this fight. So, you know, I think this deserves to win as, as much as many of the other songs in this fight deserve to win. So yeah. I'm kind of wondering what the likelihood is that they'll win considering the the great other you know sort of competition not that winning or maintaining their hundred percent win rate matters all that much but yeah the song itself though i thought it was lovely happy it's a hooky duet um i'm hearing like a duet between christy mccall and uh billy bragg i was thinking with oh, maybe a, yeah with with the morrissey rhythm section and it's just excellent you know, that's just funny. so great i'm yeah. hearing bell and sebastian with Stuart murdoch and isabel campbell from like some of their earlier albums so <laughs> but yeah i love the way their voices come together on the chorus it is most pleasing yeah it's great lyrics uh great vocal layering uh wonderful melody just great production Maybe not operatic vocals, but, you know, that's really the only criticism I have of this this beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah. Do you think the Fidelity was as good as their other entries? It, it seemed a little lower than a, a Von Borton or a Valsound song. Like, a little... Yeah, I like, know. I thought it was a little muddy. Like, there's some low-frequency yeah. buildup in places, so not as nice as I think some of their other stuff, but, uh, you know, I was stretching for bad things to say. Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with it. All right, <laughs> lay it on us. <laughs> the solo instrument needs to be louder in the solo. That's all I got. <laughs> There's a solo? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, it's a great pop song. It's it's really, really good. I like it a lot. Not much to criticize. Yeah, that, that's it's sort of hard when... Yeah. We've kind of mentioned that before on this podcast, when, when you just like a song, it's kind of hard to talk about it too much. You know, if, if you wouldn't have done all that much so different, then it's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, it's just everything's good. You know, uh, Von Vorten often reminds me of Furry Pedro, right? And so I emailed him. I'm like, hey, do you know this guy? Is he your neighbor or do you guys play together or whatever? Because England's just an island and everybody knows each other. Right? <laughs> and, and he actually did know him, but not, oh. not that closely. He's, he's like, uh, yeah, we befriended each other uh, doing February Album Writing Month. Oh, yeah. So, so there's lots of good music on February Album Writing Month from from Bomb. I guess you guys know that. Though. Yeah. I guess yeah. he also knows the guy from Balance Lost. That's not 
That's that is the same Pedro. Guy. Oh, that, okay. same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Vaughn that's, said that uh, he got introduced to Song Fight through him. Yeah, yeah. That's we we know him as Pete. He's uh, he's part of the WSA and and he's Balance Lost. He used to be uh, those meddling kids. And <laughs> he was also I forget who else he was, but uh, that guy's got great music. But yeah, cool. I'll have to go back and listen to all that. Yeah. All right. Well, we are finished. Do we have any thoughts on the fight? Just wrapping up? Too many good songs. Again, I, I there's this thing where if you're voting for lots and lots of songs, then it's kind of more like you're voting against a couple of songs. But I'm voting for like nine or ten of these songs out yeah. of 15. So, And there's just kind of no way around it. I'm voting for a lot too, but I think, I think it's really Mandibles for the win. I mean, with yeah. the operatic, uh, <laughs> because of the challenge, you you kind of have to give it to them i think i wouldn't be surprised to see mandibles come up on top i'd be very happy to see them the win this i think that's that's wonderful 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 work and such a yeah just lovely lovely song having said that you know i, I also wouldn't mind if vowel sounds vowel sounds uh vowel sounds is good yeah third, third cat, cat. yeah they're all just really good what am i voting for Tim Hinkle was really good. I mean, it's like I'm, I'm like looking back over this list, and it's like who who would you re- be really disappointed if uh, if they didn't do well? And yeah, it's hard. Like it's uh, a really really tasty BSS song too. Like it's yeah, one of I could see them ones. coming up on top as well. And that 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 the jumpy uh, song Shumpai. <laughs> I think I think it's going to be crowded at the top. Like I yeah. think there's going to be. You know, I think whoever's going to win this is probably going to get like 15 votes at, at max. And, you know, there's going to be a bunch of people with, you know, 13, 12 votes would be my guess. You didn't let me blow smoke up the ass of Glennie. That Glennie song is so intricate. It also deserves to win. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be up there. I'm sure it's going to be up there. Yeah. And Geech, you got to give Geech props for coming out of the gate and, you know, doing really well. Yeah. You know, historically, somebody new like that with that strong of a song, you would, you would, you'll see them win. Like, Geech is a pretty good bet, I think, for the win. Also, yeah, we need betting. Either that, or we just need to screw this voting thing and just let us decide who wins. I've always felt that way. We're, <laughs> yeah, we've got it's the days. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I've often thought that you should uh, not make the voting anonymous. Everybody has to own their vote, and also you get to vote if you do reviews or something like that. Yeah, like I think there's, there's ways of gaming it so it's better. Yeah, like like Spin Tunes is like that. The judges all have to, you know, list their rankings and they all have to review. Now I, I know some people fall a little short of some of that, but it is unlike. A song fight that way <clears> and, and like, it is ner- unlike ner- 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 um, yeah <laughs> it's, it's very much unlike narine that way where it's all very hidden so yeah transparency would be great and it, i think it would improve the thing too so yeah, yeah. i agree I, I hope they get good judges for this narine that actually write reviews for every song and you know are transparent about how they vote because i don't think there's any reason to hide it yeah well we could i mean in the past we've determined who's voted for who in Narine. Yeah. Which, just by looking at the reviews which. and, you know, the process of elimination and Yeah, like that concentration game. It's uh we were able to kind of game it out uh to be relatively certain of who voted for who. And 
we might do that during our Narine podcasts. Oh, we're definitely going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Are you guys going to be participants or judges this time? We're debating. And the debate goes like this. You know, uh, we're always kind of disappointed with Narine in one way or another. We think the, uh, the challenges themselves inherently create worse songs. Like you have a bunch of potentially great songs, but then they have one element in them, one required element like a backwards recording or like a siren in it that ruins every single one of the songs. You know, so that's something that's disappointing. I mean, I still have people asking us for remixes of our version of fingers crossed where we've you know, eradicated <laughs> all the backwards recording because that's the only thing that people don't like about that song. But anyhow, so there's that, there's also the, you know, the judging, which we have people who are arguably not really qualified to judge doing it. And the judging is not transparent. And, you know, you'll have judges putting a band, you know, two two of the four judges putting a band in the top two and the other two putting a band in the bottom two or something like that. And it's, it's really weird that way. So that's always kind of disappointing for, for us. Having said that, the other side of it is that Jerkatorium has made some of our best songs in yeah. Nerai, I think. So it's like, there's that. But, and uh, I would like to, you know, as much as I complain about the judges, I would like another chance to impress them. It's right. Like, <laughs> like well, this, this next time we're going to do better. You're going to like us more. I promise. Yeah. Trying to impress Johnny Cashpoint is a difficult thing. Like, it is. I, I have never figured it out. There's some of my stuff he, he loves and some of it he hates. And I couldn't tell you beforehand which, which ones he's going to like and which ones he's not. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think Johnny Cashpoint is, but at this point, he is baked into Narine. Seems that way. Yeah, but he he does do reviews, and he does judge. You know, so he's yeah. kind of a good judge that way. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> does reviews, so that's good. Yeah, and when he, he hates list you, he'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't list his rankings. So. Yeah, so not as good as he could be. He he does play some games with the rankings, but anyway, yeah. I think we're just we're just complaining about Narine at this point. Uh, yeah, again, it's a double-edged thing, though, because, like, we still might want to compete because we, you know, regardless, we step out of it with some great songs that otherwise wouldn't have existed. Yeah, and the pressure cooker nature of it is pretty great. Like, good yeah. stuff happens with real harsh deadlines. And so we're all going to listen to Two Jerks, One Vote, and The New Ugly this time around? Or what? I think we're I... just going to listen to Two Jerks, One Vote. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think The New Ugly is... <laughs> Like, I don't know. There, there'll probably be both. And, you know, if you write a song, you're going to want to hear every review. So you'll probably listen to both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are we ever going to hear more songs from The Kraken Lives? Uh, we got to talk to my son about that. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. I, I keep trying to talk him into it. He, he and his buddy are writing and recording, uh, like rap songs, you know, beastie boy oh, kind of thing. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> and I keep trying to get him to do something to the title and let me produce it more and be involved. But he's kind of, you know, doing his own thing with his friend now. He's, he's 11. So oh, his voice <laughs> is going to change soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so if you want to every... preserve the voice, you know what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> heard the instructions <laughs> i'll email you the wikipedia article <laughs> i i know all about that that's not new news to me I, i've heard all about the castrati yeah. oh okay cool there's just news to me <laughs> all right shout outs yeah 
shout out to my wife for tolerating me and my music hobby and uh, to my kids for tolerating me and my music hobby and everybody <laughs> who listens to my music for tolerating my music hobby. <laughs> That's about it. All right. I'd like to shout out to my husband. Thank you for your love and support and your patience. I'd like to shout out to Sam for joining us last time. I think I probably was too busy last week to respond to a message from him. And I apologize about that, you know, where he thanked us for being able to, to join. And, uh, and I just totally ignored it by mistake. I'm sorry about that, Sam. We really, really liked having you on. Shout out to Glenn, you here. Thanks for joining us. And I, I think this is a great podcast. I think uh, it's going to turn out nice. And uh, we were very, very glad to finally have you on after kind of hemming and hawing about it for a long time, we'd had this thought that uh, it might be weird to have people on when they have, you know, songs in the fight that we're reviewing, but uh, we're, we're over that now. So uh, that's <laughs> no longer, you know, no longer something preventing us from, from having guests. Uh, but yeah, so thank you for uh, taking your time to be a guest on this podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, what about you, Chumpy? I would like to thank my lovely wife, Sarah, for putting up with my music habit. And uh, I would also like to thank all the people on the Songfight bulletin board who responded to my desperate PMs when I reached out to them saying, hey, we need guests. Would you like to be a guest? So uh, Glenn was first on the list and he came first, so he got this one. But you guys know who you are. And uh, yeah, thanks for responding. And we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. There's always more coming up. Anything else? That's it. We uh, are out. Hey, thank, thank you guys for having me. It's a lot of fun. Nice to get to know you. Yeah, it was totally cool. We uh, Maybe we at some point we can get everybody from BSS on the podcast. <laughs> Broadcast from the studio. That'd be fun. <laughs> we'll get Ken next. He seems like the, the next natural choice. Yeah, not not all as a group. Uh, just <laughs> one at a time. One at a time. Because all as a group, fuck you, I am not editing that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nightmare in the making yeah but yeah but no each individually sure so that you know chumpy and i can gang up on you so all right thanks everybody and we will catch you on the flippy flop for whichever whenever uh, next song fight title so get your songs in and uh yeah we'll catch you then bye-bye <laughs>